Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. It's episode 23, the Michael Jordan episode of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on the Flow Racing uh, com and Flow Racing app. I guess it's the Bubba Wallace uh, episode. I appreciate right? I appreciate you not saying the LeBron James episode because oh, the goat episode. Be, that would be the goat episode. That would not be accurate. It's the Michael Jordan Michael Jordan episode. LeBron James. I, for some reason, I've been talking a little bit more about Jordan ever since I watched that documentary that was fantastic that that uh, was on Netflix. Yeah, um, he's the best. Fantastic. He's just he was just a great character. Uh, but you can't tell me that LeBron James just physically isn't the best basketball player to ever live. Um, he just doesn't have teams like he didn't have Jordan's teams. Is this a basketball bro- podcast? Let's go. He didn't have Jordan's team. I mean, uh, just imagine if he had Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. Well, he didn't. He had, you know, whoever else he had on all oh, of his get ready. four different teams, and he still doesn't have the rings that MJ has. So. Get ready, because LeBron's taking care of his body like Tom Brady has, and he's getting ready to, to match Jordan and rings. Okay. Mark it down on the pod. Okay, let's get to racing. Cody Swanson's on the podcast today. Super excited to talk to the champ. The GOAT of Silver Crown Racing, Cody Swanson, on the show today. Uh, he's going to ma- race a mixed bag schedule this year. Dylan Welch, mostly pavement racing, and he's already kicked off a championship at the World Series of Asphalt in Florida. Yeah, I went down there uh, last week, I guess, and uh, and raced a pro late model and a super late model and, and won the pro late model championship at, at New Smyrna and uh, just – Cody Swanson doing Cody Swanson things, right? You know, he has very limited experience in a full-bodied stock car. Uh, goes down there and runs second multiple times, wins a race, wins a championship. 
it's no big deal. You know, just what he does. So um, glad that he's, you know, he's getting some of these opportunities that he's worked so hard to get the last couple of years. And uh, you know, the journey is just beginning as, as he'll, you know, admit to you, you know, with ease, you know, he'll, he'll tell you it's, it's a long way from where he wants to be, but I'm glad he's at least, you know, making some headway. We are massive Cody Swanson cheerleaders on this podcast. And we have been since starting uh, rip the fence because we believe he is one of the best pavement open wheel pavement race car drivers to ever live on this planet. And he should be in a stock car. He should be in the Indy 500. It's a shame he hasn't been in the Indy 500 yet. And I think Dylan asked to get him on every time just to piss me off because I, I get on this rant about how it's ridiculous. He's not at the Indy 500 car owners need to open their eyeballs and same with NASCAR. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's the, one of the best pavement race car drivers on the planet earth. Well, yeah, I mean, and I agree. And, but I think that's, you know, and it's, he, he knows, you know, he knows that it's a lot more these days about your talent, you know, the, and, and that's been the hardest thing I think for him is, is to just get himself associated and lined up with the right people that he has funding. He's in good stuff that he can, you know, prove himself and in, in limited starts. Uh, and that's how you get the ball rolling, you know, so he, he's got, you know, backing now from Fathead's Iowa, Rico, El- Rico Elmore has been, you know, a big supporter of his for a long time, but, you know, I think is now, uh, you know, pretty, pretty well behind him, you know, kind of helping him to try to get these opportunities. And that's what you need. You know, you need somebody who's, uh, who's not afraid to spend some money and is willing to spend some money to put you in the right stuff and the right opportunities, uh, you know, to, to capitalize and, and for it to be the most beneficial to you. So I'm glad, you know, nobody more deserving in this world than him to, you know, have opportunities and, and good opportunities. He's done it the right way. He's, um, Chase Briscoe has a similar path, right? Trying to get as many late model or stock car starts as he could. Well, Briscoe's route was basically an ARCA um, opportunity where he just went and swept out ARCA shops and finally was given an opportunity uh, to show that he can win races and then move, climb up the ladder and look where he is now. He's in the Cup Series. Um, I think Cody's is a little bit age, right? Um, Briscoe's younger. C. Bell was younger. Larson was younger when those guys were found. Of course, those were Toyota pipelines. Um, but Swanson has been around for a long time and has won a lot of races and he's, you know, the winning, you know, winning a silver count series driver. He has the most championship. I mean, he is undeniably and, and most will tell you, and I'm sure Briscoe would tell you that he is one of the best payment racers in all of the land and has been in a long time, especially in USAC. Uh, you may set, you may notice that we sound a little bit different today. Uh, we apologize about that. Austin, Texas is getting hammered by snow. Well, did get hammered by snow and, um, the way we typically do this podcast is not being able to do that because they're out of power uh, down there. Um, that's just crazy. They don't have the infrastructure to have a storm like that, Dylan Welch, down there. Yeah, which is is wild. So I hope uh, hope everybody's all good down there. And um, we're I think we're about to get some some ice here in the uh, in the mid south in Charlotte. So uh, hopefully we don't all uh, don't all freeze. And went to the store yesterday, stocked up on milk and eggs and bread and you know, make some milk sandwiches and everything in case we get iced in here. Milk sandwiches. <laughs> yep. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, and I tweeted this when watching the Daytona 500. I know we don't talk a whole lot, of, whole lot of NASCAR on this podcast, but finally I am free. I can talk about start times, right? I can talk about the ridiculous start times that in NASCAR where they start these races in Florida at 3 p.m. And it's like, oh, it's not going to rain. It's not going to rain today. It rains every night in Florida. Now, Dylan can't comment on this because his boss is oh, the I reason I'll why. Comment. His I'll boss comment. is, no, don't. I'm, I'm not getting you in trouble, right? It's not NASCAR's fault. See, I worked for NASCAR. It wasn't our fault. It's the TV executives. It's NBC. It's Fox. Currently Fox, right? It's currently Fox. You're, you're, you don't work for them yet, Dylan. Um, so you, but, but look. 
it's ridiculous. But here's the thing. If I, if you pay that much money to NASCAR, of course you're going to pick what time you want to air the race. And of course, you know, you're going to get that West Coast audience and later in the day. But then you're going to stay on air for 12 hours. Yeah. Well, and get and a my, 2.8 rating because you're on the air it, for 12 hours. My thing with it is I, as much as I don't like it, I understand why they start when they do because they want to lead it right into to prime time Sunday night. It's a ratings thing, whatever, you know, I understand it. But the thing that I don't get, you know, is, is places like Florida where, you know, you know, that stuff rolls in, you know, in the afternoon, every single year we're down there. It has been that way for, from the beginning of NASCAR. I mean, storms roll in in Florida in the afternoon. The later you get in the day, the higher the risk of storms is. So to me, yes, it would make more sense to start the race at one o'clock. You're, you're past halfway by four, or, you know, shoot, you're done by four when the storms roll in, then you're not on air for 12 hours doing rain fill. Cause to me, to me, and what do I know? But to me, starting the race at noon or one, you may take a little bit of a ratings hit, but you're also not on air for 12 hours doing rain fill and taking a huge loss because you have people that tune out during the rain coverage and then don't turn it back on or don't know that it's back on, you know? So to me, it makes, it makes more sense. It would make everybody happier. I can guarantee you that it'd make everybody that's at the racetracks happier if they started these races at one and they were done by three or four and we, you know, all got to go home in time for dinner on Sunday night, you know, I'm not saying everyone yeah, but- has to start at three, but cause, and, and look at the end of the day, you're, you're it's weather. So you don't know what's going to happen, but there is a, there is probably a better chance at least that if you plan to start at one, even if it does rain, you have much more time on the back end to, you know, continue to get, to try to get the race in as opposed to you started at three takes two and a half hours to dry the place so if it rains for an hour, you know, you're backed up, you start at, you know, latest you can start it is nine o'clock, you know, but if you started it, try to start it at one, you've got two extra hours on the back end to, you know, to try and get it in that day. So I'm, I have no problem saying, I think I wish we could start races earlier. You know, I understand why they don't, but in a place like Florida, you know, where it rains every afternoon, it would make sense. You already said, you said it, you just said it. The people at the racetrack would be happier. That's not who they're trying to make happy. <laughs> no, That's I know. They, you, yeah. There's 4.5 right. million people watching that TV screen. There's yeah, zero right. people at the racetrack. It's COVID. Yep. Right? You're so, right. Like, so, but here's, but they're, they're pissing off the TV people too, because we're watching a race at one in the morning. Yeah. I, I mean, I no, I mean it's, it's, day. don't get me wrong. They still got my yeah. number, but like. It's not ideal for anybody. I mean, I know that the TV network doesn't want to be on air at, you know, 1230 in the morning on Monday doing the Daytona 500. Like they don't want that. But my point is in this instance, it could have been avoided because it was beautiful Sunday morning. It was beautiful basically up until three 30 when we took the green flag and then the storms rolled in, but it was a bright sunny day from the time we woke up Sunday morning until three 30. We never got to complain about um, the start times when we were at MRN. So we had to bring that up uh, this week on the loud pedal podcast. Now that we're not affiliated um good race and and by the way if you guys are watching or listening to this i might um you know i might uh, throw out some some DraftKings lineups for you we, we need to steal money from nascar right they like we have to take money from well i guess it's not nascar and DraftKings is you know taking money from DraftKings, but like we need to that's the only reason to watch like that's that's boring 
it's boring racing, but if you if you if you bet on it or you play DraftKings, it's a lot more fun. So if you guys want, you know, my locks of the week, if you will, I might give it to you. Um, the non-wing sprint car power rankings are out on Flow, and we're on Zoom today, so hopefully we don't run out of time in this thing. I don't see a time ticker going down yet. Usually we do, um, but we're on Zoom today. Um, and, and so we're, so I can't afford to pay for the extra, you know, time, like, you know, the 40 minutes, we get 40 minutes. That's it. Um, the non-wing sprint car rank power rankings are out one through 10. Dylan, who would you have as your number one? Did you vote? I did vote. Um, I think I had Justin Grain as my number one. I think he's just, he's got the momentum right now. He had a good Ocala. Um, I think he's, I think he's the guy to beat right now. Both wing and non-wing power rankings are out. We released the non-wing rankings yesterday. The non-wing rankings came out last week. I don't think we're going to have a winged one coming out because of the fact that the icebreaker at Lincoln just canceled and the World of Outlaws just canceled their entire weekend as well. There is no winged racing. We might not have a poll going next week. However, once the season starts, you know, April 3rd at Lawrenceburg for USAC, we'll continue the non-wing sprint car power rankings. And then the winged sprint car power rankings We'll continue once we actually get a World of Outlaws weekend in because they keep snowing out or whatever they're doing. Um, I, we can't vote unless we have races, folks. Like, that's what's going to change. Like, we're, we're literally the people who are voting, like Dylan, like people at Flow, um, you know, members of the media. We have writers. We have some podcasters that have, that have now joined. Um, I don't know what their podcast is. So I'm not going to bring them up. Um, but I'm keeping everyone anonymous because there are some people that are voting that work for sanctioning bodies that are not on this TV network. Right. Yeah. Like, so we want to keep them anonymous because they're, you know, they're supporting us, but also they're a competitor. Right. So the, the polls, the, the, the panel is staying anonymous. We have 14 wing voters last week, 14 non wing voters um, this week, and super excited about the people who voted. I think both, uh, you know, rankings look amazing. Tyler Courtney and Buddy Coford are the only two drivers that are on both which is pretty cool. That might change. You know, Kofoid's not going to get a ton of wing, uh, wing starts this year. Probably not a ton of non-wing starts either. Uh, he's not going for the USAC title. I imagine um, when Courtney's not chasing the all-star schedule, he'll probably run some non-wing races. But yes, you mentioned Justin Grant won the final night. Kevin Thomas Jr. won the first night. It had been 16 months, Dylan Welch, since KT had won a race, and that was at Lawrenceburg in 2019. Yeah, and he won one at Putnamville, a local show, I think, last year. But, yeah, it's been a long time since he won a USAC race. So, uh, good to see. You know, KT obviously has been a has been a staple on the USAC tour for a long time. And, um, you know, just was having a tough stretch. You know, I mean, that happens. You know, you have you have a – you know, go through a, a part where, you know, you, you just seem like everything goes wrong that can go wrong and keeps you out of victory lane. So, um, it was cool for, for KT to, to kind of get that – monkey off his back and, and get back in Victor Lane. Yes, it was. Did you watch the Grant race? Did you watch both the races? Uh, I, I saw the highlights. Oh, I didn't get a chance to, to watch them. What did you think of Grant's move uh, on Jake Swanson? Um, I honestly don't know that I saw that, okay. actually, now that you say that. Swanson missed the bottom coming off four pretty big um, and, and I mean, just flat missed it. And he, he, he tweeted that um, and Grant got to the inside of him and they banged wheels. Um, I think that was just a matter of the hole being open and you missing out, you know, missing it out of four yeah. going into one. Uh, if the hole's open, you got to take it. Uh, Grant, of course, is racing for his livelihood and his children's livelihood and trying to put food on the table. So um, to me, it was a racing deal. 
And uh, I think that's kind of how I think Jake and he have a friendship. So I think he probably saw it the same way, but I know he was a little disappointed after uh, not winning. He got close. He got close to winning his first uh, USAC sprint car race already. I think he's going to be a threat this year. No, he will be. I mean, Jake's Jake's super talented. Um, you know, has, has been really good the last few years. And every time he's, he's come East from California, uh, has run well and has, has been competitive. So, uh, being on the tour the full year is going to go a long way for him just as far as consistently racing against that type of competition. You know, that's, that's the thing that, you know, you have to do to take that leap, you know, from being just a West coast guy to being a, a national winner is you got to race with those guys consistently because the level of competition is way higher. Um, so that's, that'll be good. That'll be good for him. And, and I think he's, I think he's obviously good enough right now to run up front in national races anyways, but doing it consistently, um, you know, is, is going to allow him to take that next step. Top 10 non-wing power rankings out right now. I'll tell you right now, Jake Swanson is in it. So go check it out. I won't tell you where he's at because, uh, yeah, it's behind the paywall and you can go check it out. Um, the top 10 non-wing and top wing sprint car driver rankings out right now on flow racing. Top of the page on flowracing.com, you'll see a, a rankings tab. You can go there or you can go to flowracing.com slash rankings. Other things that are out, and you'll see a films tab at the top of the page as well on flowracing.com. Um, lots of films. We have Chili Bowl films coming out. We just rolled off Kevin Thomas Jr. I actually kind of want to play a clip from this, um, and, and I know we can't really do it in the Zoom, so we'll just kind of react to it. Let me play this right now. Here's a little bit of a piece of Kevin Thomas Jr.'s deal. You can't fucking go nowhere. Yeah, I know. Starting fourth was the worst thing possible yeah. there. Dude, it was like fucking rush hour. And it wouldn't ever be the guy right in front of me. It'd be the squirrel dick in front of the squirrel dick yeah. that changed the lane. I'm like, oh my God. Probably in a B now. I think getting, that, getting back to fourth here probably puts you in the show at least. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little frustrating out there. You got squids reacting to squids and it's not, there's no room to really move. and. Uh, I didn't make the best start either. You know, I put myself in a bad spot, so you know it's majority of my fault. But uh, you know, we did lock into the show, uh, starting a little farther back than what I really wanted to. Had a good car there, just uh, you know, just didn't do what we needed to do. Uh, you know, that is what it is. So uh, we'll be starting 14th, I think, and uh, you know, we just got to work our way to the front. It's uh, it's doable. We just got to uh, we got to make the best of it. The reason why I wanted to play that, D. Welch, and you didn't hear it, um, he, he has this line that he uses, right? And the guys who were shooting at Flow were super impressed. Squid dicks. He was calling race car drivers around him that are racing. There was a bunch of squid dicks around him. Um, that is now my new line. Uh, it doesn't offend anyone. I mean, if, if, if squids are offended, then uh, we have an issue. Um, but, yes, that's that's a great, great name. That's a very KT uh very KT insult right there. That's pretty on brand. <laughs> I think he said uh, the the camera. Chris, that's Chris Walker, who who actually um, is producing the the big loud pedal, um, you know, piece from the Chili Bowl that um, I know you're excited about, Dylan Welch, because you're featured in that prominently. Um, <laughs> Chris Walker asked uh, KT, "Where'd you learn that word?" He's like, "Stick around more, you'll learn some more. Stick around more without a camera, and you'll learn a lot more words." <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. So that's out. Um, Tyler Ransbottom, we did a piece on him. We put a mic on him. We followed him throughout the entire night. Rizzy, as you know, D Welsh is wide open. Um, there's a lot of f bombs in there. We can. 
we we had to find a, a, a small sliver of that to put on social media because, um, you know, like we did, we got in trouble. Uh, we got Flo in trouble by putting a, 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 I think it was an S-bomb on Twitter. Uh, but we're not allowed to have cuss words uh, on Twitter. Uh, so we have to be very careful with Rizzy's episode on All Access uh, for the Winter Dirt Games. Keith Coons Motorsports, their crew chief is awesome too. K- Kaz Townsend. Um, he's a Kiwi. He's wide open. He, you know, he has no filter, just kind of like Rizzy. And we and we found two good subjects at the Winter Dirt Games to, to talk about with crew chiefs. And you still get the drivers too. You know, Tanner comes up and talks to him, you know, and and um, you know, Kaylee Bryson and and Tanner Carrick talk to Kaz Townsend. The all access from the Winter Dirt Games are really cool. Yeah, that's that's the the cool thing about these is that you know there's there's obviously drivers with personalities, but the crew guys a lot of times are the ones with the bigger personalities and you know the car owners and everything that you know are uh, are just wide open and just want to come have a good time and go race. So I'm glad you guys are doing those on on guys like that. Yeah, our first one with a crew chief was with Flea Ruzik. We actually mic'd up both Flea and Justin Allgaier at the Chili Bowl. That's kind of where we got the idea of spawning a crew chief because Flea is such a good character, but so is Kaz and so is Rezzy. It was really fun. Um, also, Speed Week Diaries are out. Tim Shurex, uh, of course, who's Loud Pedal Productions, now works with us at Flow Racing. Um, he is a very talented editor, shooter. He's done these crew diaries with Tyler Erb and Best Performance Motorsports. They are insanely crazy. That's a crazy team. He was kicked out of the track one night. The next night he come back, he wins uh, with the Lucas Oil late model series. Um, it seems to me, Dylan much there's more drama in the late models than there are in sprint car racing. Except for soaking yeah, tires it seems, and shit, right? Yeah, it seems that way. They're just, just some good old boys, late model racers, so they ain't afraid. Go watch the Tyler Herb episodes, Speed Week Diaries. They're insane. It's literally the, pretty much an all-access, but except for the team has their own GoPro, and they shoot everything themselves. Their crew chief is a super cool guy. He, they, You know, whenever they do something, whenever they will go fight somebody, whenever they, you know, fix their car, you know, whenever they are, you know, going to, you know, have dinner or lunch or whatever, eat cheeseburgers, they have the GoPro with them. They do everything, and that's why it's called the Speed Week Diaries. Go check it out. Hat Shakes of the Week, who do you got, Dylan Welch? I was going to give one to Jake Swanson, actually, even though I didn't see that move. Uh, you know, I saw that he he'd run well, um, and like we were, like I was saying, you know, it's it's tough to just to come out here and and you know, kind of jump both feet in like that, and you know, moved Indiana and, and make the commitment. Um, but having runs like that early, uh, you know, I think validates it. You know, probably to him a little bit. You know, I know he knows that just one race, but uh, it's nice when you can you can make a leap like that and and get rewarded immediately with a, a good solid run. So I was happy to see that for him. I like winners. Uh, Dylan Welch doesn't like to pick winners all that much. Mine's going to KTJ and Davy Jones, bringing back Davy Jones on the wrenches um, and Jason McDougal, everyone over there at the Dr. Pepper nine K team uh, winning for the first time with USAC in 16 months since October of 2019. They're back to victory lane and hopefully uh, looking to contend for a USAC national sprint car series championship this season um usac is going to be fun the all-stars are going to be fun again wing rankings non-wing rankings are out right now on flowracing.com check them out let's chat with cody swanson he is next this is episode 23 mj edition lebron edition bubba wallace edition who else who else is a 23 who, i think who, cody actually reigned 23 at one point who's who's a sprint car 23 sunshine used to be 23 yeah the 23c Sunshine at distance. He he would go to Putnamville and put around the bottom. Yeah, go sixteenth the first. 
<laughs> Cody Swanson is next on the Loud Pedal Podcast. Gentlemen, start your engine. The race cars too are historic. They are the ancestors of the current Indianapolis car. As we get ready for exciting USAC dirt car racing. But we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower. And we're back on the Loud Pedal Podcast, episode 23, Michael Jordan edition. Um, we're here with Cody Swanson, uh, one of the other goats of, uh, you know, sporting. One of the goats of the USAC Silver Crown Series, who is going to be, you know, coming back and competing for another title this year. But first, he's winning more races. He's down in Florida. He's in stock cars. He's beating everyone. Uh, how are you, dude? Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate the chance to talk to you guys. All right, Cody. So I saw you race at Hickory last fall and it was like one of your first stock car races. So now you go down to Florida and, you know, I think the word's out now, all these stock car guys know how good you are. So, uh, what'd you, what'd you learn between Hickory and in the fall and, and, you know, this past week or so that has kind of allowed you to, to take the next step? Yeah. Um, you know, for the most part, just trying to get to that next step, you know, and, um, you know, to kind of relate to Silver Crown, you know, I guess announced that I'm going to run for uh, Kevin Dorn and, and Dorn Racing next year on on the pavement. Um, and that actually, Kevin is, is who helped get this conversation started. Um, mutual friend uh, through uh, Team Platinum Crew Chief Mark Metz. Um, and, and they weren't sure what direction they were going, uh, you know, in 2021 and, and what all they had going on. And, and Kevin knew, I, you know, I'm trying to make the effort to, to get into new things, you know, whether that's uh, sports cars with him or stock cars, like, you know, we've done in Hickory and things like that. So, um, you know, they kind of got to talking and maybe a chance to get uh, me acquainted with late miles a little better and, and maybe with the team and, and get us a chance to uh, get some experience was, was headed down to new Smyrna, you know, through the world series. They run so many uh, nights in a row um, that, you know, the, the intent was to get a lot of experience in a short amount of time and hopefully build on that, you know, so. Um, that, that was really, really it. I haven't really raced it much since I think I saw you last at Hickory, uh, anything like it. Um, but met, uh, met with the team and, and tried to come up to put something together to go run for the week and, um, and just get started with it. So, that uh, it was, uh, was good, good experience to, to try to build on. Dylan's right. Your name's now on the radar, uh, winning at the world series. It kind of gets all the eyeballs on you in stock car land because everyone's down there, you know, for speed weeks and, and, and the area is just buzzing with uh, racing, of course. Um, so when Larson started racing stock cars, he said that it was extremely boring. And when he was saying it was boring, he was talking about how much practice you have to do sitting in, you know, your car where they make changes and you know how hmm. boring it is. Have you ever practiced this much in your life? Um, probably not just because <laughs> we, you know, our types of series don't, don't have that kind of practice, you know, even, even Silver Crown, you know, used to be an hour, you know, um, for a day, which, which now it's down to half most of the places we go. Um, but even then, right, to practice that much every day, nine days in a row. Um, but, but, I mean, I, I still, um, you know, enjoy the challenge of trying to make the car better. Um, so uh, I, don't, I don't think I get bored with it. Um, it, it is different, and, and it's um, a different mindset you take trying to, trying to improve it. But, but um, 
trying trying to make your car better and and learn what you can driving to to be better. And maybe uh, it's boring for Kyle because he's just so darn good the first time he sits in it. But maybe I'm a little too old. It takes me a a, a little bit to learn it. So. So for you know people that are watching this probably aren't super familiar with with late model racing, but you ran the pro late model, which is what you won the championship, you know, the week long championship in, and then you also ran the super late model. Um, so just can you can you explain like what the difference is between those two cars? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think a lot of the car is the same. The suspension, um, I think the weight rule, the tires are all the same. You know, I think the biggest difference is uh, just the engine package. Um, supers probably have, um, I don't know if it's 150 or 200 more horsepower. Um, so, so, you know, the additional horsepower makes them act a little bit different, but, but so much of it is, is really similar. Um, you know, for us, um, team platinum has had a really good, um, pro late model package and they, and they ran really well, um, in time past with it. And they've won some big super late model races. And, um, I think the biggest thing for us, you know, the first, you know, talk about the introduction to stock car racing is the. First night, um, the super race is up first, and I think uh, qualified 10th and maybe made a pass. So I'm running ninth on lap three and um, stacked up on the start and sent people scattering, and I got the left front knocked off. Um, so, like, yeah, well, welcome to stock cars. Uh, <laughs> just uh, nothing like being knocked out three laps into to your first race. But um, when, when it tore off the, the left front suspension, you know, there was just some things that um, we couldn't get fixed all the way. Right. Um, everyone shoot worked really hard and, and I'm thankful they put it back together so I could get laps that we did, but, um, we never really were the same after that speed wise. So, um, when we, when we agreed to go, uh, maybe the initial intent was just to run the pro late model. Um, but, but, um, talking to team owner, Mina, uh, Burba, she thought, well, if you run double duty, you know, and, and your open wheel stuff, well, I think if you could try two in one night, you can get more laps quicker. So I, I was all for that. Um, so that was kind of our intent was the, to go with the pro car and to use the super to, to try to get some more experience and help make me better uh, quicker each night. And um, after, after kind of having to survive with the super for the week, you know, that quickly became the, the team focus and, and just um, you know, worked on it every night from there and uh, tried to try to get better um, as we could go along. Fun uh, seeing you try to do the stock car thing. Uh, we see in the midget series, Chase Elliott is going from stock cars to the midgets. So he's going from where, you know, your background, sort of, you know, the open wheel background to trying to race a stock car. And the difference mainly is size of car. Um, uh, but he has a different challenge. He's trying to do it on the dirt, uh, which is which is challenging as well. Have you kind of paid attention to what Chase is doing and how, and how impressed are you with uh, some of the things he's done? Yeah, no, I, I think um, I think it's really neat that that he's been making that transition, showing the interest in open wheel cars. You know, I feel like um, uh, you know midgets and sprint cars and Silver Crown are just some of the most genuinely fun to drive. Um, I'm I'm glad he's getting to experience that, and I know that you know, he ran there at Millbridge and and did well, and, and went to the Chili Bowl, which is um, you know, always a, always a tough place to go. But uh, I'm glad to glad to see that um, you know that he's enjoying it at that level and and getting a chance to do it. Does your silver crown experience, I mean, and I don't even know, I've never driven a stock car, so I don't know from car to car, you know, if there's a, if there's a, an overlap as far as skill set, but even just a mindset overlap, as far as like the race distance and saving your stuff, it means all of the things you have to do to be a successful silver crown racer. Does any of that apply when you jump into a stock car and, and, you know, turn some laps and race? 
Um, I mean, I think so. Um, just in that you don't want to, um, you know, abuse your tires too much, you know, so that was different for me going to new Smyrna with so many of the races were short. Um, and, you know, and another thing to learn is it was one thing we learned how to help the car go fast, but, um, you know, not knowing, um, that you're abusing it. And, and when you are, um, you know, I feel like it's so much easier to abuse the right front in a stock car, uh, as it is to, you know, to our pavement type cars. So, um, you know, you feel like you're riding along, taking care of it because you are taking care of your right rear. And all of a sudden, um, you know, you've got a lot of air pressure in the right front and, and maybe you've, you hurt the car and didn't know it. So there's some of that, that, that obviously to learn, but um, trying to, you know, find the limit of the car and then manage that, you know, I, I feel like still, still applies, you know, and, and um, you know, the, like you talk about the, the difference, you know, Tyler talking about the midget, you know, the difference in the size, um, and how you sit in a silver crown car versus where you are in a late model. There's so much out to the right side of you and hard to see, um, you know, to, to know, you know, where you are in, in your own space, especially racing against others. And it's, it's close quarters and a lot of, uh, a lot of late model guys are comfortable being right next to each other. Um, so that was something to, to get used to um, for sure. But, you know, I think one of the things that helps silver crown wise that um, people didn't necessarily expect, you know, here come from midgets or sprint cars and they, think you're going to um, be weirded out by a spotter talking in your ear. So what's nice about Silver Crown is that um, you know, I've learned to learn to, you know, take, take that input and, and know that you're going to have someone in your ear talking about what's going on around you uh, and learning to, uh, to trust that. Yeah. Good point. How quickly have you acclimated to the aggression level? Like you said, the close quarter racing. Uh, I mean, a tap to the bumper <laughs> is a necessity sometimes, right? You can't do that in an open wheel car. Right. So, um, first night, um, first night went pretty well other than that super late model crash. We went quick time in the pro car first night out. And that was really cool. Uh, had a, had a short invert. So started outside the front row and got a good start and, and led most of it. And, and, um, um, you know, maybe got, maybe got moved a little bit, not, not, not what I thought was bad. Not, not anything that I didn't expect, um, and run second. And so part of that was, I was getting loose on exit or loose on entry and I didn't really even know how come and then come to find out later it's because my rear tires were in the air because someone's bumper was undermined but um I never looked in the mirror you know I uh, spotter had said clear by half at that point and and I, and I had, a, had a great spotter Bruce Dans um helping me make that transition to, to late models but just difference in terminology um I didn't realize that I was actually getting hit at the time and I'm not looking in the mirror I'm just driving out the front and trying to hold on and react when it when it does weird things and um hold on for a long time uh that way you know and finally at the at the end um he gets down to to the very end there and and um maybe got, got moved up out of the lane a little bit and ran second but um even the nights beyond that right? Trying to make sure, you know, where you could be and how much room to leave. And, and um, I probably was leaving too much, you know, which, which I knew I would. And maybe by the third or fourth night, I got a lot more comfortable at being right next to somebody and knowing where, uh, where my right front fender was and, and not, not to get into them. I don't still don't want to lean on anybody, but at least knowing what space um, I could use up in the meantime to try to finish a run to, to get there and, 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 uh, you know, hold, hold the door open and uh, try to race in those close, uh, close, close of quarters. I know you're very, I don't even want to say hard on yourself, but you're very motivated to, you know, feel like you, you know, did a hundred percent your job when you're in the race car and did everything you can to get the best result. Are you satisfied with how your week went down there? You know, as, as far as all the hurdles and things you had to overcome, I mean, are you overall satisfied with how it went? Um, I, I, I mean, 
I don't know that I'm ever really satisfied, right? I mean, there's um, there's things I, that I, I'm happy about, right? I mean, it was it was great to to go down and try to learn in a tough environment like that, and to to win a championship. You know, um, it was the first time Team Platinum had had ever taken late models to to New Smyrna, so um, you know that was that was really cool. You know, to, to win a race was good. Um, to run second three times and and wish I could have figured out how to win at least two of those, um, you know, leaves leaves some on the table. So. Um, it's, it's all part of it, but I like said, me, my style is I'm, I'm pretty motivated to be as honest with myself as I need to be because, um, I want to win more next time, uh, if, if the situation ever came up. So, um, I mean, I, I think there's something to build off of there. You know, it was, it was great cause we were, we were quick early in the week and, and in the hunt every night, you know, especially with the pro car. Um, but, but, um, you know, to, to have come so close to winning the first night and, and really left with, with just the one win, you know, was, was tough, but there were so many, um, that was the, the hard part, late miles. There's so many circumstantial things, um, that change the outcome of your race. You know, it seemed like for two or three nights in a row, um, it's, it's so difficult to pass cars, but I'm passing cars and I get to third and we get a caution and then you're pinned in on the bottom and now you're back to fifth and you're racing your way past the same people you've already passed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you do that a couple of times and 35 laps is over and, you run fourth, you know, and you're like, how, how did this happen this way? So, um, just, just a lot to, lot to take in, but, um, I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't know about satisfied, but, but I'll go with encouraged at least and, and hope to, you know, if I, if I get another opportunity to, to keep building from here. Are you still looking for a dirt silver crown ride? I don't, I don't know that I've been looking, um, and in reality, um, uh, I've, I've had people talk to me about it and, but, um, I've still been trying hard to move forward into to different and new things for the time being. Um, and that, that takes so much effort that, that it'd be hard to, um, give any justice to a championship type run. Um, you know, with, with all the, all the time it takes to, to try to break into to different forms of racing. So, uh, as of right now, um, you know, my intention is to be be pavement only uh, with the silver crown cars um, next year. And, and if we run some dirt races, then, um, you know, okay. But, but I don't, I don't think I have anything um, that nothing that I've been, been calling or asking about to try to run the whole season. So what is your, you know, outside of the silver crown deal, what is your plan? What are you working on, you know, trying to, trying to put together to race this year? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've kind of been moving in, you know, three, three different directions with, um, the sports cars, you know, being able to do through door and racing, um, the road Indy was kind of a, an opportunity that I had last year. Uh, and then same thing, stock car route, whether it was late miles or hopefully towards, you know, uh, towards another arc start or something along that path. Um, I felt like they're, they're, you know, kind of in, in, in aligned or aligned that, uh, the things I can learn running late miles will translate, you know, if, if I got to, to another start like that. So, um, the, the biggest thing I've been trying to do is just be available for anything that, that popped up. So, um, the, you know, we're going to run big pavement sprint car races, um, with Dorn and, and hopefully run some of the midget races there at, uh, Lucas Oil Raceway. They've got some big things going for, for pavement open wheel racing, um, that I want to be a part of, um, beyond that, just trying to move each one of those three things forward a little bit, you know, whether it's, um, some more, uh, sports car events. And we talked about going to Watkins Glen and some places like that. Um, still been trying to work things, whether it was the road Indy to, to move forward with that, you know, still, still hope that, that someday have the chance to run, uh, 
to run the Indianapolis 500, right? And then um, the the stock car thing, you know, the, the first big hurdle was going to be uh, this World Series of Asphalt and trying to get the experience and, and hope that I could gain or show enough there that uh, maybe I'd be worth uh, worth running uh, in a late model uh, during the year. So um, hopefully in the next few days, uh, try to meet with the team, see what see what their thoughts are, um, and, and see if I can start filling out uh, more of the schedule. So. Do you have any interest in doing anything like IMSA wise, like sports car wise? I, mean, I know it's, it's probably not maybe where you're trying to, you know, push for, but you know, do you have any interest in doing something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really have enjoyed, um, you know, running, I know it's just been the Daytona road course, but running those types of events, you know, um, and, and trying to, to learn and progress with that and had, had tried some things uh, to maybe line up to get in, in one of those um, LMP3 cars, you know, as they've come out, it just kind of maybe changes some opportunities for people that aren't big into sports cars mm-hmm. to get a chance to get in. Um, you know, so I've been working towards that a little bit as, as well. Um, you know, so I, I would, I mean, I'm, I'm really not too picky. You know, I, I try to find, I try to find something I like about every race car. I've got the chance to, to drive and enjoy that and, um, try to do well with it. So I would, uh, I became, I think the last time we talked to you, um, you were going to race the Indy pro 1000 series or whatever the series is called, uh, IRP, uh, you won your first race. Um, and then, you know, you had a few more starts after that. You had the Arca start. Uh, what did that moment mean to you? You had your family in victory lane, at IRP. That was uh, huge. Yeah, that was, that was really neat, you know, because, um, you know, one of the things I've been working towards, you know, we try to move forward was, was the road to Indy. And at that point it was going to be, uh, the freedom 100, right. This was obviously before, uh, COVID and, and all that 2020 had to, to throw into the, uh, you know, racing arena. Um, and, and that opportunity kind of came up to run that Indy pro 2000 car with uh, legacy Autosport, and got a chance to test one. So at least technically I had some rear engine experience and, um, things lined up, you know, from our friends at Fathead's Eyewear to get us to, to run there at Lucas Oil Raceway and, and support, uh, from them to, to try to, to try to race it. So, um, you know, it, it meant a lot to, to have a chance to do it just because there's always been such a barrier there, you know, whether it's um, just status wise or the peer uh, economics or finances of it um, that, that found a team that was really willing to, to kind of invest in a chance in me and, and Fathead's Eyewear coming along, along with Rosewood Machine and Tool to help uh, fill in the gaps and, and give us a chance to do it. So um, to, to win the first night out was, was really neat to show that, um, that I think I can do it. Um, and I think that, that we as, um, maybe open wheel drivers can, can make that transition. You know, it is, it is very different, but, um, I, you know, I really enjoy that racetrack and, and the opportunity to do it. So it meant a lot just to, to show, um, that if I, you know, if I got the chance to move forward into something that hopefully I could, um, to make, could make good on it. Well, that's kind of what I was going to ask. You know, I mean, it's, we've had multiple discussions, both you and I and Tyler and I on the show about you know, how the hardest part is just kind of breaking through that barrier, like you said, and, and just getting the opportunity, you know, getting somebody to give you an opportunity. So, you know, I know it's, it's still very early, but, you know, it seems like things are, are starting to come together a little bit. You're starting to get in different stuff, but you're having success, obviously, too, in all of these new, new things. Um, I mean, are you encouraged with the progress that has been made in, you know, the last couple of years, just, you know, as far as you trying to continue to advance and not only that you've you've been getting rides but that you've had success too yeah i mean i, I think so you know i i um 
you know, I guess selfishly, I wish it could happen when I was still a little younger, uh, you know, but um, we've you know, been working hard at racing for a long time, you know, me and then as, as a family. Um, so to have had some opportunities break through like this, you know, wherever they, they lead or don't, you know, the, the fact that we got a chance to have a few um, is still really neat, especially to me. So um, I, I am encouraged that at the same time that, that when something has, has popped up, you know, that we, we ran well with the, with the Indy Pro 2000 car in that style. And then, um, you know, it didn't do bad at Hickory, you know, last, last uh, summer and, and then, you know, did, did well down in Florida, um, or at least reasonably well, I think, um, that, that maybe there's something there, you know, and if, and if the uh, dots keep lining up, you know, and keep meeting the right people, that, that maybe something could work out. Um, but if, if not, you know, at least I, I, I'm, you know, thankful to, to have had the chance to do it and to try it and, and to, to show that I think I can. And if it, if it doesn't work out, I mean, if that's not uh, God's plan for me and my family, then, then that's okay. You know, I'm thankful for the, um, the opportunities we have had. And um, for the meantime, we're just going to keep, keep working harder and keep working towards it and, and uh, hope it works out. The good part is on flow, we get to see you a lot this year. Um, IRP, the little 500. Uh, it's going to be a good year uh, as far as payment sprint car and midget racing and also the Silver Crown Series. Um, a lot of big races. And I'm excited what IRP is doing, uh, throwing up some good money for some payment races over there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Casey Kohler has really you know, made a big difference for uh, Lucas Oil Raceway uh, in the last couple of years and trying to really help um, you know, the resurgence of, of pavement racing. So, um, you know, little 500 was, was the staple that kept sprint cars alive, uh, for, for a while. And, and Jared Owen and, and the people there have really been great. I think, and I think they've been working with Casey some on some of these big events to, um, try to keep that momentum going forward. And, and there's a lot of people, um, I think excited about pavement racing, you know, maybe it's not a 50 night a year thing, like, uh, like dirt sprint cars are, but I think there's a, there's still a place for it. Um, and, and the right, uh, the right events at the right time during the year, I think can really be a good thing for, for our sport. And, um, it's, it's really been great to see how uh, much effort Casey has put into following through with that. And, and, you know, and, and again, our friends at Fatheads Iowa stepped up to put up a big bonus for the Hoosier classic. Um, so it's neat to see how many people are really working together to make a difference for pavement sprint cars, uh, the return of midgets, and then, um, even trying to, uh, continue to improve pavement silver crown racing. That could be a big money weekend for you. We might just all be running for a second. I, uh, I, I've been fortunate to have had some success at that track, but, um, it's, it's all one year and one race at a time. You know what I mean? So, um, there's going to be a lot of very talented racers that, uh, have that circled on their calendar as well. Um, and, and look forward to, you know, giving it our best shot and, and hope if, uh, if nothing else, we, we help put on a good show for the fans that come out to see it. It's on my calendar. That's for sure. Uh, Cody, congratulations on the success in Florida in the in the late model. Uh, we hope to see you in some more stuff, and I uh, can't wait to see you uh, race on Flow again, of course, this year. Yeah, thanks. Hey, sure, appreciate it. Appreciate the time to uh, talk to you guys and for following along, and uh, hope to uh, see you at the races soon. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate thanks. it. Yeah.